Welcome to the first show of 2020 and to another episode of the Health Mastery Show. I'm your host, as usual, Adam MacDonald. In today I have in today's episode, I have on with me a very special guest. It is my personal coach, Jeff Alberts. Jeff is a pro natural bodybuilder. He's a coach at 3D Muscle Journey, who I have been a client of for a number of years, and he was my coach for the last few competitive seasons. I got to spend a lot of time with Jeff this year or last year now at this stage but i got to know him a lot better as a person spent a couple of days with him uh, at an airbnb at the at the worlds but i learned a lot from jeff over the years working with him when i first began i think i was around 22 years old um now 27 28 very soon and jeff taught me a lot about how to play the long game and enjoy this long term in bodybuilding because if you want to be a good natural bodybuilder and make progress long term you're going to have to learn how to not burn out and how to be consistent and take enjoyment from the process and that is exactly what jeff has taught me over the years but i don't want to talk too much more about it it's a great conversation to myself and jeff and hopefully you learn something from this and you enjoy the show and if you do enjoy it please do leave a rating and review on itunes or spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to and if you have any questions please do reach out but without going on anymore please welcome my next guest jeff alberts so jeff thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's great to chat to you again for sure, man. It's it's definitely we had a great season together, so I'm I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, for those listening, um, Jeff, you're you've been my well, you obviously know, but Jeff's been my coach uh, this last competitive season, the previous competitive season, which was 2016, and I think we first skyped, I believe, which was in 2014. I think it was a long time ago, but that's when we first actually skyped together. So that's like you know that would be almost what would it be six years ago um whenever that was but 2014 was quite a long time ago that's crazy it's been that it's gone so fast and what's kind of cool now is that uh you know we can kind of say hey it's grown into a friendship so that's really awesome yeah and, and this season i got to compete on you uh compete on the same stage as you uh, twice which was really really cool first at the Mus- muscle mayhem in california and sacramento then your neck of the woods and then uh just last month it seems like more than a month ago but just last month at worlds so that was really really cool experience for sure and i think the the highlight of all that adam was that i'm gonna say that i was the sock sliding champion <laughs> yeah that, that's pretty funny um i don't know nobody probably knows what you're talking about but in amityville that's right yeah mm-hmm. amityville is the place yeah we after some food and some extra energy um we had a bit of a slock sock sliding competition between myself yourself and and eric so yeah i think you won i think i did i know eric's probably gonna say he won because he thinks he wins yeah. at everything but no nah, man I, I think i got you guys and sock sliding is basically on your socks on a hardwood floor seeing who can slide the furthest without falling on their ass and i do think adam you fell right on your ass or was that eric that was eric yeah and eric was kind of in the the heavier weight class as well because he was uh he's pretty much had 10 kilos like 20 pounds on us because he was like you know post season or post contest well that's an so, advantage in sock sliding when exactly, you're heavier yeah, yeah so, so his he, momentum took us and he still didn't win so hey yeah. there we go but anyways let's let's get to the other finer things yeah. in life besides sock sliding 
Yeah, I think actually, well, just going back to, I think that the mayhem uh, for me was probably the highlight of of my competitive season this year. It sounds kind of people will think that all oh, the, the worlds would be the highlight, but for me, it was like getting to compete on stage with you, with yourself. I hadn't met you since two thousand and I don't I don't know when it was previously before that, but I think it was maybe in London. Uh, that might have been two thousand sixteen. Uh, you did a you did like a conference or something like that with uh, Shredded by Science, I think PT Collective now. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah, we did a yeah we did a seminar there, and I do remember you know meeting you there for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a that was quite a long time now. So it was it was great to meet you again. But then when I when I first saw that Eric was competing this season, I didn't know he was going to do the mayhem, and I was like seeing pictures, of course, of him on his on social media and stuff. And then I was like, oh, he's he's shredded. And then when I was like. If Eric wins his pro card in the, I think it was the River City Classic or the one before that, I was like, if he wins his pro card there, then he's going to be a pro at the Muscle Mayhem. And then when he didn't win, I was like, it was kind of bittersweet because I was like, damn, Eric is like shredded. Um, But also I get to compete on stage with Eric, which was like, you know, in the same class. Like obviously we got to compete on the same stage, but not not together. Uh, But to go head to head with Eric was, was awesome. And it was just a really, really great experience uh, at that show. And, yeah, that was just a highlight. I don't know why. I guess because, like, you know, California, the weather is, like, amazing <laughs> compared to where I live. It's just always raining, has been raining pretty much since I left California. Um, and it was great to, like, do a whole road trip up there and then compete uh, at the end and, like, meet all the 3DMJ crew and everybody got to meet all the coaches that were there as well. That was awesome. And it was just really enjoyable experience. And, and one thing that I kind of learned or was different this time was that I said it to you before um, that it didn't really matter too much to me uh, how I placed per se, but it was like the day before the show or when we were meeting and or even before the show, before we got the results, I was enjoying it just as much as I did afterwards. And it's kind of easy for me to say that because I actually did well. Um, but I think going back and you'll probably notice this when we first start working together uh, back in, well, let's say, I think we maybe did some off-season coaching back in 2014. I can't really remember, but I always wanted to kind of get result. Like you know, I always wanted to just be making progress and, and wanting to see that progress all of the time. And I think if I would have competed back then, and I actually had competed before the year before that, but if I was competing that season, I think I would be more focused on the placing and, and that being a, a determining factor of how well i felt the season went or how much i enjoyed it and i personally feel like just us coaching together um over the last few years i've you've really i suppose paid some of your wisdom onto me um or instilled it into me and um and, and let me take a lot more from the bodybuilding prep than the ultimate result itself yeah i mean i think um yeah that show was definitely for me too was like one of the more highlights of the season um, it's just the environment there, you know, the muscle mayhem, it's kind of like a 3DMJ party, you know, we have a lot of athletes there and, um, you know, we kind of represent more than just, Hey, how well we play. So I think it was just that, that environment, um, you traveling over, you know, from Ireland to here and, uh, it, it's definitely an experience in itself right there. So I think, yeah, it just had a lot of value outside of just the placings and, 
trust me, man, as your coach and knowing that you and Eric were probably going to be going head to head, that was pretty stressful for me. You know, it's like, who do I go for? Do I go for my athlete or go for Eric? You know, it's like, <laughs> so there's some pressure there. And what's interesting, it was a good pressure, though, like it was an exciting pressure. And what's interesting is I see your progress coming in every week and you're getting like leaner and leaner and you're looking better and better. And he's looking leaner and leaner and better and better. And I'm like, man, these guys are like almost like similar uh, statues. You know, you guys are, you know, about the same height. Your build is very similar and the musculature is very similar. So I'm like, man, this is going to be close on stage. It's going to be a battle. And that's what it was. So it was kind of cool, kind of like when I got to see you both on stage and cheer for both of you. Um, it was everything that I expected and predicted. I was like, this is going to come down to the wire. It's really apple, not apples and oranges, but it was like really, really close. And um, it could have gone either way. And um, for those listening, Adam, you got the nod. Um, definitely you deserved it. And, um, but it was like really close, really close. So it was really cool to kind of see that, but it was kind of nail biting for me as being your coach. Yeah. Um, and even Eric and I are, you know, joked about it after like, you know, or even like before, Hey man, make, make messes mess peek up, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <it's> sabotage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But of course, you know, we weren't going to do that, but yeah, yeah, for me as a, like a, as your coach, as Eric's friend and, um, yeah, it was kind of just cool to kind of witness all that. And then what's really cool is that, uh, you know, for Worlds, we got to kind of meet back up. You stayed in our Airbnb. You got to hang out with Eric and I. And um, again, we just, it's more like we were built like a friendship. So that was really, really a special season from, from all that mm -hmm. uh, aspects. And I think for you personally, like being your coach, like seeing your prep you know, three years ago in comparison to now, I think back then you were, I would say it's kind of cool that you and I kind of hooked up. Like I can see if maybe you had a different coach who was a little more science oriented, um, where sometimes like if you have two of the same together, it's not a good match. Whereas if you have kind of opposites, it's kind of a good thing because you're, for me, I think personally, and you can maybe you know, me talk more on this or not. But I think what you learned from me was how to let go of some of that, uh, that stress as far as trying to be optimal all the time, where sometimes when we overanalyze or overthink things or trying to be super, super perfect, it creates a lot of unnecessary stress. And sometimes that stress can get in our own way. And it just makes us a little more neurotic. And the journey itself isn't too enjoyable because of that because we're always worried about if we're doing things right or wrong and when the season's over you look back and go why was i so stressed you know it wasn't as enjoyable so i think that's probably like the big picture thing i could probably say that i think i've probably taught you the most um you know the x's and o's and the science i mean you're you're good you're good at really researching and learning things on your own but it was more like taking you through a process and you know finding value outside of those things i think was probably the, the main thing i can say that i probably taught you yeah I, I completely agree with that i mean um i think i found a 3d mj through uh, a friend of mine who i did like a photo shoot with when i was like 19 so that was 2000 and maybe 11 i think um and harry ranson he was one of eric's clients and yeah. um and then i think i've maybe heard of 
uh heard of 3dmj maybe again through i think it could have been matt august's channel i don't know if it was if i have heard of 3dmj before that um but then you know I, I really do like the science and it's not that you said that it was an unimportant or it tried to you know instill that it's it's the thing it's like science the science aspect of it is important actually i still really enjoy it and i don't actually started a master's in in it this year but what i realized was that when I first to say when I first applied for coaching with 3DMJ and you you probably get this a lot from people who are, who are like me you would like really like the the the, the, the scientific parts of the training nutrition they're like oh they they want to join with the science guys right so they want to be with Alberto or they want to be with um, Eric because they're the science guys right so um, they at least young guys or people who are overly invested in the science think that that's what they want but I think it was like almost like a blessing in disguise that. Yeah, you and I hooked up. Um, not that you don't know the science, but you uh, have that wisdom that obviously comes with just with time uh, competing and just working with with clients uh, for like many many years. And um, having done this, I think you said I listened to one of your podcasts, the the Natty Roundtable uh, this morning in 1993. So I mean, I was one years old in 1993. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I think that was like a blessing. And and for anybody listening, I don't think it's it's that that element of it isn't important it's just that that's like the the two percent of what's going to get you the results is over overly focusing on that and trying to be perfect in those kind of things and that's the way i was i was trying to be perfect with anything and i remember when i met eric um again in new york he i think he used to have a 3 dmj facebook group i don't know if it's still active i don't think so but he said like oh i remember adam we used to used to post like really long obscure hypothetical questions and tag me and he's like oh shit not adam <laughs> asking another question again you yeah know? you you would you would basically i remember because you would ask me in our check-ins and yeah. i would say yeah 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 but let's focus let's not focus so hard on that this or this and then you would go in the, the facebook group and tag eric and eric would be just like you need to chill out <laughs> basically yeah. in so many words yeah yeah i think i think i've pretty much like <laughs> questions i would ask right so people say well doesn't matter if you have like let's say um more calories in your training day or and then lower it on your off days okay something like that so people would you you'd see people doing things like that so i would then take that um to an extreme and say well if that doesn't matter what if happens if you only eat all of your calories in one day of the week and then don't eat for six days it's like well like that's really black and white but I like maybe that would have an effect, but who does that? Nobody. So there's no point even asking those type of questions, you know. So they're the kind of things that I would ask that are just like really obscure, and um, I, I would like focus way too much on things like that, and and realized. And I think it's. I think we spoke about this as well, and I think just when we met last month, um, but that you kind of have to pay almost your your due diligence and and pay your dues with that, and kind of experience it and realize that. Um, and the way I realized it, that that's not important is because I try to do it and time just passes by as it naturally does for everybody. And I realized that focusing on that stuff was just stressing me out. My results weren't getting any better. Um, and, you know, the, just focusing on the, on the big picture was ultimately what uh, gave you the results. And, and between my first prep with yourself in 2016 and, and 2019, um, I didn't really focus too much uh, on the sciencey sort of stuff and to be honest I got a little bit burnt out after that that prep and I wasn't sure if I was going to do bodybuilding again like I didn't hate it or I didn't have an awful uh, time I just felt like maybe I'd try to 
try to invest too much into like the outcome per se and and trying to like think of that that's what would make me ultimately happy and fulfilled and after a while i think even tried cross it for like a for like a three months or something like that and yeah it was it was just awful but um i didn't really focus too much and, and at one point i was you know didn't do any reading extra reading watching videos and training or anything like that for a couple of months and then you know i'm back on the stage three years later and my physique is 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 massively improved i'm 10 pounds lighter but look a lot more muscular and it really showed me that you know focusing on just the things that are are you know the big rocks is what's ultimately going to get you uh, the results and you're probably i don't know if you're the oldest on stage at the worlds but i think there wasn't many guys around your age that are on stage so that's obviously a testament to something so um why do you think that there's not many bodybuilders that last that long i mean yeah there's guys who compete but there's not many guys who are are competing at your age at such a high level so why do you think that you've been so successful on a you know consistent basis for for decades you know it's interesting because yeah when you kind of were just talking about all that i was kind of it was like i was flashing back to my youth and Mm. i think yeah when i look back when i first started competing my first year was in 93 when i first started competing and i had a three-year stretch like 93 94 95 i competed three years in a row and the fuel that really kind of kept me going three years straight because basically it was like compete 93 boom, off season, hey, let's get big, let's get, you know, let's improve, and then right back to, you know, 94 for another prep. I did that three years in a row, and the fuel that was making that happen was just that desire to win. Like, I wanted to win a certain show, and I had my mind on it. I was obsessed with it in a way, and it was like, a lot of it was like, trying to get external gratification, like having people say, oh, look at him, he won that show, he's jacked, he shredded. So, you know, I think my maturity level at that time wasn't, you know, we're obviously where it is now. So my fuel, I think, was like the wrong kind of fuel. And what ended up happening after three seasons, back to back to back, I got burned out, like mentally. I remember saying after almost every season, it seemed like I would say, I'm retiring, I'm done. Um, that was because of the extremism. So back in the day, I was kind of like you, Adam, where it was a lot of it was about winning. It was trying to be optimal. Like, trust me, I was a guy who would, I actually would read research stuff. And half the time I didn't understand what the hell I was reading, but I was doing it anyway because I wanted to optimize everything and be the best that I can so I could win these shows to be the best. And I think it just burnt me out after three years. I was just like tapped out, just burnt out. And I remember after that 95 season, I didn't like, I was done with bodybuilding. I was like, I started playing a lot of basketball, playing a lot of tennis. Like I got away from bodybuilding, which I think is a blessing in disguise because it took that mental focus away from just bodybuilding. And I was applying myself other everywhere else. And that kind of, um, basically kind of uh, gave my mental a break and I got motivated again for bodybuilding. So in 98, I came back to compete again, but I didn't really know or I didn't really decipher all that at the time. I was like I was stuck in the middle of that mentality and couldn't get myself out. Like I didn't have a coach or I didn't have anybody mentoring me. It was just like everything I did was self-taught. 
So I was stuck in this cycle of like, okay, three years compete, get burnt out, remove myself, um, take a break, get re-motivated, okay, come back. And I just repeated that for like the first 10, 15 years of my career. And it wasn't until like now, obviously, I can look back with 2020. Um, hindsight, you know, just helps you visually see things a lot more clear that I was just mentally getting burned out. Like the physical was burning me out, which turned into mental burnout. And that's the reason why, man, it was like, I remember in 2002, that season, I was super, super laser focused on winning a pro card. And that entire prep, I think it was a 14 week prep. I didn't cheat on my diet once. I didn't miss any training session. Like everything was perfect. And I remember like, from a social aspect, like, you know, if my ex-wife wanted to go to dinner or something like that, it was, nope, we're not going to dinner because I got to be laser focused and I got to be on point with everything. And um, so in a sense, like everything outside of bodybuilding got put to the back burner. Like I didn't care. And it was a selfish, obsessive, um, you know, behavior that I had that wasn't obviously very conducive towards a, a happy marriage or anything like that. So you know, for three, three, four months out of the year, man, I was just like this total dickhead. I didn't care about nothing but bodybuilding. And I ended up going into that show and I lost by one point, missed the pro card. And instead of seeing the value from everything I did, did accomplish, all I saw was defeat and failure. And basically I remember, you know, flying home on the plane. I was like, this is stupid. Why am I investing all this energy into this sport and to lose by a point like and it's still till i look back on the photos it's arguable whether or not i should have lost like i kind of still like, like i should have won but so that kind of just reinforced that thought like this is dumb i'm putting all this energy into it i'm getting i'm losing i got robbed and i ended up getting depressed like after that and i and i said you know what? i'm done with this bodybuilding thing i remember going to like lunch with my dad, like not too long after that. And I was just telling him, I go, I'm done. This is stupid. It's is a dumb sport. It's like pointless, right? So I was just like in a very dark place at that point with, with bodybuilding. And it wasn't until 2009 when I started to see a little bit better light on things. Like when I started to change my thought process around, hey, this season I'm going to come back to this and I'm not going to have like that winning mentality like yeah i still want when i'm on stage let's win try to win but hey let's actually try to enjoy what i'm actually doing like the day-to-day -day. let's enjoy that let's not put so much pressure on myself to be optimal and you know long story short i go through 2009 enjoy it that's where i met the guys at 3dmj and at that time it was the most enjoyment i've ever had with bodybuilding and what's interesting and what's funny is that the focus wasn't on winning pro cards but I actually won two pro cards with that mindset so a lot of my history that I basically have gone through basically all those mistakes and what I've gone through is actually that helps people like you Adam where I'm like saving you from let's say years of heartache it's like okay let me use my shitty experience but actually make it a positive with someone else and I don't take back I don't want to take back or regret any of what I've gone through like I'm glad I did because it's made me a better bodybuilder and um, coach now and I think a lot of those lessons like I know they're so valuable now and I think 
that's the, like whether I'm successful or not in the moment, I know those valuables is what keeps me moving forward. And that's how I keep getting better. Even now into my late 40s, what's keeping me going now, like on a high level, like getting to worlds and six out of 14, that's pretty damn good for a 48 year old. Um, it's just all those life lessons. And I think mentally, I'm a much stronger bodybuilder now than I was back in my 20s. And that's the reason why. Or that's why I keep going. It's like I know I know myself really well. I know how to like decipher the lessons that I'm learning now, whereas in the past I didn't. And that just comes with experience. So I think that's kind of like a big tool for my longevity is just the history and, and understanding that whether I'm successful in the moment or not, I'm making mistakes, like that's that's a lesson that I can use towards the future. Yeah, I think the more you invest your identity in just like a hardcore bodybuilder, then the the harder it is not to try and focus on just the outcome because you're so invested in just the end end goal. You're working, you know, you're killing yourself or, or cutting everybody off or being this, you know, um, tunnel uh, visioned bodybuilder that that's nothing's important except for the bodybuilding. Then it's hard for the result not to have some form of you know impact or not some form of impact but um you know a much larger impact than what's actually really important because i think when i've seen some like when i spoke to some other bodybuilders even at some of the shows that i competed at uh, the world when i when i hear guys saying like you know i have i've counted every single macro or you know every single meal i haven't missed i haven't taken one uh you know day off or, or whatever just being you can tell that they're just like quote unquote hardcore and then when they don't place where they expect to place they're you know ultimately really pissed off you know and it's, it's kind of hard to, to watch that because you can tell that you know they're not in, enjoying it as much and some people say you know i don't i don't compete to come second place or whatever but the thing about bodybuilding, I think, compared to other sports, is that a lot of it's just based on you. Just a lot of it's just genetics and time. And I really reflected on the show, the Muscle Mayhem, after after I won my class, and I was thinking, like, you know, I, I did better than I expected. But for example, like Eric, who's like probably one of the most well known well known guys in natural bodybuilding, just for purely for the content that he puts out and how he. Uh, you know positions himself uh, in the industry that you know he had to be quite has to have a quite a mature mindset to be able to you know quote unquote you know lose to someone like myself who's relatively unknown and then you know not you know not take that to heart or to still you know be poised and have composure and and take lessons from that because how do you balance the competitiveness because it is competitive natural bodybuilding it's not just everybody goes on stage and gets a, a medal um you know it's not just per, you know, participation it is competitive how do you balance that with not putting too much emphasis on the placing because with things like say soccer or, or basketball or, or boxing or something you know there's there's a lot of different elements that can play more so than there is in bodybuilding where it's like you know at the end of the day uh, someone who has better genetics than you or uh, has been training longer or a combination of the both they're gonna do well you know yeah yeah you can't like in um 
like in other sports, you, like like you said, like boxing or let's say football or something like that, you can you, you can impose your will on somebody to win, right? You can knock someone out. You can out out point them, you know, jab better than them, and you know, just you can basically beat them because you're just dominating them. But in bodybuilding, it's so subjective, right? It's like we all have different genetics. Um, different shapes, you know, it's just like in the judges, we don't know what the judges are going to be looking for. So a lot of it's subjective. And, um, you know, personally, when I'm on stage, yeah, I want to win. Like every time I'm on stage, like, hey, let me try to win and do the best I can here. But I think, you know, over the years, I've learned that, uh, you know, I learned the hard way, man. It's like that's kind of the story of my career is I learned the hard way. So I, I can go back to when I was trying to win a little show called Mr. Fremont. And I remember back in 95, it was the last year they were having the show. So for three years, you know, early on in my career, I was trying to win this show. 93, I was junior Mr. Fremont. 94, I won the short class. And I lost the overall. Then 95, I was like, okay, this is my year to win this show. And I ended up taking second place in, in the short class. So I didn't even get to the overall. And I just remember walking off stage and backstage. I was like uh, verbally complaining out loud that I got screwed, robbed. Like Because in my mind, because I was training so hard, like I felt like, hey, I'm entitled to this. Like I, I outworked everybody. You have, you've probably heard that mentality from other bodybuilders. I outwork people. Like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> There's a lot of bodybuilders out there in the world that the guy that beat me, you know, he might have worked just as hard as I did, if not harder. So maybe he deserved it more. But, you know, after looking at photos, like it took a while for things to sink in. Like once I saw photos a month or two later um, and my emotions died down and I started looking, th looking at things more realistically, it's like, yeah, the dude had like 14 you know 14 kilos on me like he was just way bigger like it was it was obvious like looking at the photos i'm like jeff what were you thinking but i think often you know going through the the process like we in a sense because we think we are perfect with hitting macros perfect with cardio or perfect with training and we're not deviating or we're doing everything to make ourselves the best that we possibly can almost like starts to become like an entitlement or we feel like we deserve to win um, but again, when you get on stage, it's so subjective. Like you can, you can, let's say, and I, I'm pretty confident you can probably say, yeah, we maximized your physique this year, Adam. Like we did everything we could and this is the best we've ever seen you. And same thing for me. I'd say like at certain points in my prep this year, this was the best I've ever been. So from the perspective of fulfilling your current potential, we did that in a sense you won because of that because when you get on stage it doesn't matter if the bodybuilder to your left or right if they fulfilled their potential or not if they look better than you they're still going to win so in in my mind i'm thinking like okay the judges are only going to see what's in front of them right like visually they're going to look at all the bodybuilders and go okay this guy's better than that guy whatever and that's just how it is but the reality is is what judges don't see and what we don't see as bodybuilders is that the people that you're competing against, you don't know if they fulfill their potential or not. So the guy, let's say, looks looks better than you, but let's say he didn't even fulfill his potential. Like you can kind of say, like you're a better bodybuilder than that person, even though they look better than you, because you've you've done the process, let's say, a little bit better. But how do you know that? You don't know that. That's the thing.
So that's kind of how I look at things. Like I've won shows where I've been at my best. I've won shows where I haven't been on my best. And the shows that where I wasn't, it's like, did I really deserve to win? Am I truly the better bodybuilder here? You know, if I if I messed up on my diet a bunch of times or I was lazy with training, um, like I could have probably fulfilled more potential out of myself. So even though I win, doesn't mean necessarily I'm truly winning, if that makes sense. So these are kind of some of my thoughts that I've I've basically have, you know figured out over the years. So for me now, when I go into a show, it's like, okay, the first priority is to fulfill my current potential, not to leave you know not to leave anything to chance, um, because when I get on stage, it gives me the best chance to actually win, right? But actually, I know in my heart that I've done I've I am my best. Like I've done everything I can to be my best. So I've already won, and if I can beat someone else, hey, great, that's just like icing on a cake. But if I lose to someone else, then then it's like, well, you know, as long as I did everything I can, and if I lose to someone, I'm okay with it, because that just means they look better than me on that day, and it's out of my control. So it's more like I try to look internally versus externally now, um, and I know that's not always easy to do for a lot of people, um, but like you, like when I hear people say, like, I... I I don't train for second place and all that. And it kind of just takes me back to 2002 when I talked about that prep where I lost, got depressed, didn't see any value in what I just did. Um, and it's not until like in hindsight where I could actually say, okay, yeah, um, there was some value in that. And, and this year still, like we're what, five weeks removed from worlds. I'm still processing the season. Like I think. A lot of us, we kind of just put so much stock into that placing that that's how we value what we just went through. Whereas I think now that I've gotten older and more mature, um, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, you, you have your glass of wine with a meal. You're sipping that wine really slow and you're taking it all in. That's kind of what I do now. Like I just really take my time to kind of sift through and, you know, see where there was value, where there, where there wasn't value. And I just process it, you know, I'll probably keep processing the season for another few weeks or so, or maybe even longer. And that's what I learned from Eric, actually, this season, like, because he finished his season before before we did. So I got to hear how he processed, like, because we had our team meetings and he would kind of tell us things, you know, as as he was done with the season. And it did take him a little while to process everything, like process the man, like actually you know, he wanted to win too when he was on stage and he didn't. So he had to process all that. So I learned from him to be very patient with that, like to let it kind of just come to me slowly over time. And so, yeah, so I've been rambling, but a little while, but hopefully that kind of answered the question. Yeah, I think it's important. And it's probably you being able to internalize that is probably one of the reasons why you're still around, um, from a mental aspect not being burnt out um apart from the physical aspect of you know injuries or whatever that that come uh, with your training age but that is something that i i really like i said i really learned that that this season i think like it's different from like say sprinting or something like that where it's like you want to get you know under 10 seconds and the guy beats you by point 
zero zero one of a second and yeah that's that's disappointing but it's very objective versus like bodybuilding natural bodybuilding is almost like a painting you know you're doing a competition with with art or something and you put two paintings up against each other and you you feel like yours should have won but uh because it's so subjective it's um it's 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 almost necessary to be able to internalize that and understand that placing is not you know the most important thing and that's kind of why i said i i I cringe a little bit when i hear those guys who are really focused on placing because what i ultimately feel like is that if they keep that mindset up they're not necessarily going to be around for that much longer um or they're going to burn out mentally from bodybuilding because if if you're if you're not placing well in bodybuilding and of course your placings will get better as you as you you know if you're consistent and you and you do get better each time your placings will get better but if you're not you know clean sweeping the show and um, it's likely that you're not going to you know be the the best bodybuilder ever in the world if you if you were like some people ask me do you think i can be like they ask me about themselves you know do you think i have potential to be a good bodybuilder and i think if you're going to be like a world champion uh, for the most part you probably know already if you're if you've been lifting a few years for example um kendall the guy who won the the, the pro overall mm-hmm. he I th- he's younger than i am and i, I think he's been lifting less than i am and he's a pro and he's winning the pro overall and i'm an amateur still and i think but that that's good to, to see things like that because i know that you know winning or the outcome is not that important and it's to an extent it's kind of out of my control and like you said it's about focusing on um you know trying to bring your best um i think i would be maybe disappointed this season if let's say i even in spite of enjoying um you know meeting everybody and um getting to hang out with you guys a lot I think if I didn't do better than my last season, I probably would have been a little bit disappointed. I don't mean placing-wise. I mean just um, how my physique looked and, and how I felt as a bodybuilder. And I think you're 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 dead right saying that I I probably got the best out of my physique. Like I definitely could have brought in a better package. But I think for where I am in my competitive career, I think every time you step into a new territory, whether that's like essentially a new level of lean, leanness, um, that's like you know that's a, a a whole different ball game you know mentally and i think you have to get to this new territory in order to be able to go further so next time i compete again i'll know i'll know what that feels like now mentally i'll be able to deal with that better and then ultimately get better physique because i don't think anybody's got, comes in the first season or it's very rare where they're like the absolute most peeled with the most amount of muscle that they could potentially have from a very objective point of view yeah, I think a lot of people, like, the way I kind of stress potential, like, people, like, go through a contest season, and let's say they're not happy with how they look. Let's say they look great, right? But they're just like, I, I just, yeah, I know I have more in me, and they're never, like, not satisfied. Like, it's a double-edged sword. Like, on one side of the sword, we need to have that mindset to want to get better and to push ourselves to get better, because that's how we make progress. But on the other side of the sword, if we're never happy with what we got, you're, it's like you're 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 miserable, right? Like you're not enjoying what you're doing. So the way I kind of describe it is like the goal should be to fulfill current potential. So there's a difference there. Like having current potential means what you're capable of accomplishing in the moment versus what you're capable of accomplishing five years from now. So yeah, if every every contest season say I wasn't good enough. Yeah, it's like, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. But, I mean, if we're in that mindset all the time, you're never going to enjoy what you're actually accomplishing in the moment. And if you're just saying, hey, if I don't have that first-place trophy, that just reinforces 
that you're you're never fulfilling potential or you're never happy with what you're accomplishing so to me it's like i've had to learn the hard way over the years like i need to find value outside of a placing and to realize that again if i'm doing everything i am i can be doing in the moment to fill for current potential then that's actually winning so you know after this last season that i competed in um you know even as a 48 year old i still think there's a little bit left in me to squeeze some more of that potential out of me but i also realized too that I did everything I could this season um, under the confines of my prep that, you know, I, I knocked it out of the park, you know, doing seven shows, placing well, you know, and, and almost all of them. And, um, you know, being like one of the, the older guys on the world stage and still having the motivation and drive to come back again in 50. I mean, at, at the age of 50. Um, it, the, the fuel is no longer, hey, I got to get first place. It, the fuel is like, I just had one of the best times of my life as a bodybuilder and I want to do that again. Um, so that's basically, I can say like a huge part of my longevity is, you know, outside of like, you know, making sure I'm training, you know, in a safe way and that type of thing. But it's just the mental part of like understanding that a major part of the fuel or the, like the, the best fuel you can have is actually enjoyment enjoyment with your training enjoyment with like how you how you set up your process and how you go about that process and understanding that every show you do it's not like the it's not like like for me personally i don't let the judges dictate my success i don't give them that power like that power stays with me i define my own success and the and the show i just look at it now as a celebration of my process and that's the mindset I try to have. And like I said, when I'm on stage, it's like, yes, let's see if we can try to win. But I still try to have that healthy mindset um, around, you know, the placings. So do you feel like if you hadn't have done everything that you could have done um, with the aspect or with the kind of lens that obviously bodybuilding is not the most important thing because i think there's there's ways that you can fulfill your potential one is um looking like a better bodybuilder like either bigger leaner but also then perhaps getting to that same territory or the same level of of physique because you've mentioned before that you've had you've had great conditioning in the past like like way back when when you did when you did shows when you were a hardcore strict bodybuilder but you've been able to reach uh, the same physique but with a lot less stress, a lot more enjoyment. So that's another element or or lens to look through fulfilling potential is getting to the same physique but enjoying the process much more, having a much smoother ride there and not making bodybuilding the most important thing. Exactly, because I would go back to my 2002 season where I said I ended up like being perfect but lose and then be depressed. Well, that like what people don't see, like what a lot of people see, like especially on social media is just – Hey, look at, uh, you know, so-and-so training or look at so-and-so dieting, like they're shredded, blah, blah, blah. But what you don't see is, you know, things behind closed doors. So in 2002, like I was saying earlier, like, you know, I was an obsessive asshole. Like, you know, my ex-wife, like, got put to the back burner. Relationships got put to the back burner. Like, everything was about bodybuilding. So, yeah, I got shredded. 2002, I could say, like, I had shredded glutes back then. And I was the leanest one on stage on that show and that's why i felt like hey i should have won that show because definitely the leanest one up there 
but man, it was like, I was such an asshole. Like the process, the way I went about my process was so inferior in comparison to how I do the process now. So now I'm doing it in a way where, Hey, my family comes first. Um, you know, I'm not like, like there's days where I, I can't be optimal. Like, okay, I can't train today. Let's train tomorrow instead because of X, Y, and Z, you know, whether it's, you know, Hey, I have to be there for my family or I got something else going on or, Hey, I can't get my cardio in because of this or that, or, Hey, you know what? Let me, let me eat 50 more grams of carbs today because my mind is just like, I'm an asshole. Like I'm just like energy is not there. I'm a dick and I don't want to be a dick. So let me eat a little more food today so I can be more human to those around me. And, you know, because of doing that, you think like most people would think, oh, you ate 50 grams carbs more. You shouldn't do that. You're overeating. But if it means I'm a better human and I treat those around me better, I'm not going to get that backlash, right? Like if you treat someone with, with, with you know, disrespectful, you're going to get that back. That's going to be stress on your plate, so in a sense, by eating a little more on a given day, let's say, my stress levels go down because of that, and it makes the process better moving forward. Like, it just makes me better, like, mentally and physically. I'm like, okay, now I can get back to a little more grinding and a better, and a better state. So just like I said, like you said, Adam, there's so much more than just, hey, you place well or, hey, you're shredded. It's like the actual process, like, for me personally – I'm trying to improve the way I go about my process every time. So in 2014, the last time I got on stage, that was my best ever physique at that point. And it was also the best ever process as far as balancing life and bodybuilding out. So this year I was like, hey, let me see if I can improve that. Let me see if I can even be more human during the process. And I'm still trying to figure out, like still evaluate whether I was better or not than 2014. Um, and I think often, like to get a true answer to that, like how well you're balancing life out with bodybuilding, is like ask those closest around you, hey, how was I? Um, and really see what their feedback is because truly that's where the answer is going to be, whether or not you were, you know, a pretty, pretty good human during that process. But that's kind of my goal in 2021. Like, I remember Roberto saying, you know, a few years back, you know, it's like, hey, I want, when I do a prep, I want people to not even know I'm prepping. Like, that's his goal, to, like, go through an entire prep where, you know, people didn't even realize he was prepping. Um, I don't, like, as far as that being realistic, like, I don't think that's a realistic goal, but I think it's definitely something to strive for. So that's kind of how I look at my next season in 2021 is like hey let me let me see if i can maybe get back to worlds or or whatever shows i want to do let me see if i can you know reach that elite level conditioning again and let's see if i can actually do it in, a, in an even healthier way all around yeah i think there's like a there's probably a balance and it's, i think that's probably really hard to do to to let nobody know um that you're you're prepping i mean from a mental point of view and um, obviously they're going to see that you're getting leaner but for me even though i i tried not to tell a lot of people that i was prepping purely just because i didn't feel the necessity to tell people who don't like bodybuilding that i'm well, hey i'm doing a bodybuilding show because uh, they probably don't really care um but they i remember towards the end of my prep some people that i that i work with they were saying oh you you're quite quiet lately or you know uh you know you you're acting a little bit you know different you're very quiet you're like you know and i could just tell that it was because like i just don't have the energy to be as 
as you know bouncy or to be as energetic as i previously what was and um that's kind of difficult as well i remember just recently being in the gym and a guy a guy that actually uh he used to be a client of mine a few years ago um said to me oh during the last few weeks of the prep I, he seemed very focused um but i wasn't really any more focused it was just that i didn't have the energy or i didn't really necessarily want to go around and talking to people all the time in the gym and i think sometimes when you're just at the tail end of a prep it's probably hard to be normal uh, to you know to a point where you're just so low in energy and your body fat's low and just from a physiological point of point of view it's it's difficult to kind of maintain uh the same kind of characteristics that you would have had previously in the off season no doubt yeah because i remember the tail end too i was like I was, you know, I'm aware of, you know, how I am. So I know, like, towards the tail end of prep, when food level is not, like, where it should be, your body fat's really low, you're not going to have that energy. But I was aware of it. So, you know, if the family's like, hey, we're going here, going there, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to try to be present. But it's not the same, you know, when you're not, uh, you know, energized, you're not jovial. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, I'm, I'm aware of it and I just tell myself, okay, you know, don't, don't be moody. Don't act moody. Um, you know, it's not about me. It's about them, you know, try to do your best to be present. Um, but you know, again, like what I learned, like a, like a week or two after prep, after getting, you know, eating more calories and the body weight start coming up, my energy just instantly starts popping up. And, you know, my wife would say, oh, good, you know, it's good to have you back. you got energy. So I know it's like, okay, they're still feeling the impacts, even though I'm not, yeah. you know, being a dick or anything like that. It's like it's still not the same. So that's why I say it's not – I don't think it will ever be realistic to think that um, no one would ever notice, you know, that I'm prepping. Like they're definitely going to notice whether I tell someone or not, they're going to know something is off about me. Um, and that's just the the reality of the sport. If you you know if you are a bodybuilder and you do plan on competing, that's part of the process. But it's having again that mental awareness of of how you are, like of how you're being. Like if you feel yourself being moody and grumpy, um, you know you have to learn how to like, tone that down and put a smile on your face regardless, because you don't want those around you that uh, that love and care about you and supporting you. You don't want to treat you don't want to treat them miserably you know through a process and and what i've learned too over the years is that getting shredded for shows like the timeline keeps like it seems like it just keeps getting longer and longer because the standard of conditioning in this sport has elevated and i think a big part of that is because of the timeline now like people are dieting longer so they're getting leaner leaner so if you're going to spend six months to a year in a contest prep that's a big chunk of you're like it doesn't seem like it's a long time when you're going through the process like personally like you're like okay yeah this is what i need to do but think about the people around you that have to endure six months to a year of their life dealing with a dieting bodybuilder like there's a lot there so for me it's like okay now that my season's over that's why i'm like part of the reason i'm taking 2020 off is like yes we need time to recover and all that um, but again, being 48, you know, I've already trained for over 30 years, so I have enough muscle mass to compete every year if I wanted to, but you know, one, it's not the healthiest thing to do, but I don't want to put my family through more prep. You know, they've already gone through 14 months of it. So why am I going to have them go through even more of that? Like they deserve to have like all of me again. So I think, 
you know, again, and that's part of my longevity too, is realizing and understanding that um, not just bodybuilding itself takes its toll physically, mentally, emotionally, but the life stuff like that takes its toll too. So if you're you're putting a big toll on those people around you, I'm pretty confident that stress levels are pretty elevated, you know, all around. So yeah. that's the reason why I'm like 2020. Hey, let's just let's be a little fatter and let's be a little happier, and we'll do this again in, in 2021 if if the stars are aligning. Yeah, I think. I think like then on top of that, if you're like one of those real hardcore bodybuilders, like you said you were back in the day, like you just compound the negative effects on top of that. If if that's what you're, oh, yeah. if, if you're like that, yeah, I would like right now, like let's say we go Jeff of twenty years ago, like after my season after Worlds, fuck, I got sixth. What are you crazy? We got We got to get top five, and no, we're going to go right back to the gym, and you know, hey, we're going to train for six months, yeah. and then we're going to prep again. And it went, just, I wouldn't even think about like the people around me like, like no yeah. i'm just gonna do what i need to do to to win like it's just the all yeah black and white mentality and so yeah and then just like just shit talk the wmbf and then join a different organization and compete with them until you win <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's just the just the all around like it's just like there's a lot that goes into the sport outside of like hey the science says this or science says that or hey i need to win at this show mm. like there's so much more that i think that um we need to take into consideration and a lot of this like the way i'm talking now like i didn't know this 20 years ago it's just the experience like when you go through things um especially if you're 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 open like your your walls are are down like you're not putting walls up you put the walls down you're you're able to learn a lot more if you let kind of that ego you know go down so that's that's i had to learn the hard way but uh but that's the reason why we could sit here and talk on a podcast all about it yeah i think that there's actually a really good uh it's kind of like a a mockumentary like a it's kind of like a a drama but it's also a documentary it's called dennis it's about like this uh things like scandinavian bodybuilder he's like a huge jacked guy and he's like really strict but like it talks it goes into like his life he has like no friends he has like he he's never goes on dates or anything like that and he's just like really sad it's a pretty sad uh, documentary actually but like it, it just goes to show like his, how isolated he he is because he's like just bodybuilding that's all that's important to him and i think that those people who often do are like really hardcore and do compete year after year usually they're not nat- natural bodybuilders simply just because they you know you can't make any progress and you can't recover but those who do they're almost like in relationships or marriages where the other person is also a competitive uh, bikini competitor or bodybuilder because they're the only people who'd really like put up with you because that's what they you know that's what the, all they know as well and i think that's a little bit sad but i mean it's just kind of the reality of it yeah no doubt like i, I remember like my wife now like we've been married for what going on five years four or five years we've been together almost eight now and i remember i was just like when I was like getting back out on the dating scene, I'm like, I am not like Brad. I remember coach Brad. He's like, Hey Jeff, I can see you with a hot figure girl. And I'm like, you know, no, no offense to figure girls or anything like that, but that's just not what I wanted. Cause I'm like, I, I, don't, I can't see myself like having two dieting bodybuilders in the same household. I'm like, that's just no way. So that, yeah, I wasn't really looking for, you know, someone that was involved like that heavily into the sport like I am. I just knew that kind of wouldn't be a good match for me personally. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, my wife, she's very supportive 
uh, I think it's important to have that support. But mm-hmm. again, you're not going to have that support if you're not treating your significant other the way they want to be treated. If it's all about you all the time, like I learned that the hard way. And um, yeah, she's very supportive. I told her from the very start, hey, this is what I do. And uh, she's like, hey, I don't, I don't want to change you or anything like that. Uh, but it goes both ways, you know. She's um, you know, she likes to go to the gym and, and do like aerobic classes and things like that. And I try to be super supportive in her endeavors. Um, she's a she's a teacher. So she's done a lot of schooling to kind of get her master's and all that. So I was very supportive during that period where, you know, I wasn't competing while she was trying to get her master's. So there's just a it's a give and take. Um, and again, it's like I've learned from, you know, past history. And I think uh, for us bodybuilders moving forward, like because, again, going back to what we first started about, like trying to like we were trying to optimize all the time early on and how stressful that can be. Like, don't fear the unknown. I think a lot of us fear the unknown, that insecurity of, you know, hey, if I do if I do 10 sets a week with this body part or 20 sets, what's more optimal? And we fear like what can happen. And it's like just just go full on and go in and find out for yourself what will happen and be patient with it and assess it and make small revisions moving forward based off of what you're experiencing. And I think a lot of times it's like that insecurity is what kind of um, robs us of our enjoyment of the sport. Yeah. And I think like right now I, I know a lot more um, about like the, the signs and all this kind of stuff than I did even when, when we did when I did my first prep with you back in 2016 and and before that obviously no more than before that but the funny thing is like when i was younger i would try to have like after the show i tried to have like a perfect reverse diet i'd do the kind of the lane norton style when you was like you know the the extra 15 grams of carbs every week until you know six months later you're back at your maintenance level or something like that and i would try <laughs> to do something like that and now this past um this past like you know month or six weeks or whatever it's been since i last finished my show I literally haven't tracked a single macro. Um, I haven't been like you know on a seafood diet or anything like that. But I, I've just been really relaxed about my eating. I've I've gained probably more weight than I would like. Like I'm not like overly fat, but I I really feel like that was like it's like a, been a really good reverse for me because I'm feeling much better. Um, mentally, I think part of the the tracking element. I think part of my recovery diet, uh, like 3DMJ, like to coin it. Um, is not tracking that's part of my recovery i think is just getting away from that like not being so meticulous because i now i have a fire to like compete again like not next year because i obviously want to make progress or probably not even the year after that but um in previous times i've i've done competitions i i was kind of burnt out afterwards like i don't know if i'm going to compete in bodybuilding ever again maybe i will i like i'm going to still lift and stuff work out because i enjoy it but i don't know if i'm going to do bodybuilding but even now i'm like oh i'm excited to like you know, I don't want to compete right away. Obviously, I'm, you know, I still have a bit of the, um, you know, the recovery aspect, hormones and stuff like that. I need to improve. They, they need to come up and everything. And I don't want to get back into competing straight away. But I still have a fire to, you know, I definitely want to compete in bodybuilding again. And I think this was like on paper or in scientific terms, it was like suboptimal, um, reverse. But for me, I feel like it was is really really good. And some people say, "Oh, you gained too much weight. You know, you're supposed to gain five percent or whatever for the first few weeks of your body weight." But for me, I just you know, I start all started off with that 
one kilogram of of candy that i ate in that in that store when you we went uh, shopping for your runners um that was the start of my reverse and ever since then i've just been like eating well but just just enjoying food and going out eating out like a couple times a week and um, training i'm loving training sleep is is getting better um i'm a lot more energetic i know still got a, a long way to be fully recovered in terms of my hormones and uh, libido and everything like that but for me um looking back if i was you know five years ago i would have thought like oh that was awful you know you've yeah you've suboptimal you didn't do what was the, the right way to do you should have planned it meticulously walked your calories up and then you know you, you've gained too much body fat but for me i'm like this i, I feel like it's the perfect reverse almost you know i if i was to do it again would i do anything different probably not you know yeah, it's, it's, I think, you know, the reverse diet thing. It's like, if you think about it, you know, we're spending a, almost a year of our life, you know, trying to get extremely lean and to say, Hey, Adam, you know, your show's over, but here's 10 grams of carbs. It's like, you're, you're basically still dieting, you know, so you're not just physically, you're going to continue to be limited, but uh, like mentally and emotionally, you know, it's like, how do you adhere to 10 grams of carbs when you're, hyper-focused goal is now behind you and so there's just like not very optimal right like on paper it once was you know deemed hey reverse diet is optimal hey you can you know get your your metabolism elevated you stay in a leaner state and you look great for all this time but the reality is is that you're still dieted you're still in an extreme state physically mentally and emotionally and it's not healthy so yeah it's like if you're a caveman in the ice age and you know you're you're like six percent body fat and you're maintaining that through a reverse diet like in a sense you're just kind of day to day you're finding these little little granules of food you're like oh okay i'm eating these little granules but when you come up to this this large woolly mammoth, you think the caveman's going to be like, oh, I can only eat the granules on the ground? No, it's going to be like, hey, let me take a spear and kill that thing so I can eat the entire thing because we need to get healthy again. You need to get that body fat put on. So I think it makes a lot of sense to have that candy after the show, right? Like to actually, you know, put some calories back in us and actually get some body weight on us. Now, as far as like how much weight, the percentages and all that, like that's so individual. Um, I know for me personally, like you, Adam, I've put, you know, I've put on like 18 pounds already. Like I'm up almost, that's what, what, eight, eight kilos or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I have like a little bit of a gut again. And from aesthetic standpoint, it is definitely far from where I was at Worlds. But I feel so much better. You know, I have so much more energy. I'm healthier. Like things are returning back to normal. Um, you know, my, my, my mood around my family is a lot better. And, you know, again, that to me is far more important than trying to be like perfectly optimal with, with the bodybuilding side of things as far as trying to reverse diet out and all these things. Like, and I think too, what I, I could probably speak for you on this one too, is that we both are pretty experienced now. So we can take comfort in knowing that, Hey, let's say our body, like our, our aesthetics right now aren't exactly ideal or maybe they're just a little, I, I think they're fine, but you know, maybe they're not as ideal as we would like it, but we take comfort in knowing that, Hey, we know how to get to the stage. We've done it. We've been there. We fulfill the potential. We know how to do it. So you can kind of relax a little bit knowing that, okay, we might not be hundred percent perfect, 
in the moment, but eventually because we are experienced, because we are, we know how to work smart. We know how to be consistent. We know how to set up our goals and timelines that, um, in the end where we're on our next stop, I should say our next destination, like in 2021 or 2022, whenever we decide to compete again, we know we're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not just the, the weight cause I'm sure you've done it in the past where it's just like you just gained a ton of weight post-show and I've seen many, many people do that. But it's like you need to gain the body weight back but also you need time. So like if you're reversing really, really slowly and only gaining uh, very small amounts and I've even seen some competitors who, who've competed this season who have like have pride in that. And I mean, it is great that you ha- they have that diligence and you know, that discipline to stay so regimented post-show if, if that's what they want to do. But it's it's not just you know walking your calories slowly because if you haven't got that body weight back on or the body fat um particular it doesn't matter how long you're reversing your calories back up you need it's it's time plus body weight so it's not just gain a shit ton of fat post show and then you're going to be all good but it's not either you know mm-hmm. just six months and you're going to be recovered because in six months time i think eric said it um i think it might have been i don't know if it was on a podcast or he, he said it to me in person but I think it was maybe 09 or, or maybe after that where he actually tried to... Well, it, well, it couldn't be after 09 because he hadn't competed since then. But um, Or maybe 011 or 011, 11, 2011, that he tried to maintain a lean level of uh, uh, body fat. And he just, like six months, seven months post-show, he still didn't feel, feel normal. So it's like you need to get that initial weight on. But then I know like at the body fat that I'm kind of at now, like getting any heavier is not really going to do me any justice. I'm just basically just yeah. going to get fatter. I just need to... You know, I just need to kind of hold this weight and and then just let time do its do its thing, and then I'll be recovered. Not just well, I'm a little bit hungry, so I'll just keep eating until I'm like 210 pounds. Yeah, exactly. Like I go back to 2014, and I'm like, okay, you know, back then I was 43, and I was like, okay, I've trained for close to 30 years now. I I can keep a leaner, like quote unquote, as you as we get older, you know, as we're more advanced. It's like in between your seasons, hey, let's stay leaner, right? Like that's kind of like the generalization out there. But for me personally, I'm like, okay, let me let me try that. Let me because I in the past I've always kind of just let my weight go up, you know, 20, 30 pounds. So like let me stay 10 pounds, maybe 12 pounds over stage weight. And I did that. And I was basically in a sense kind of reverse dieting. And it was months after the show in 2014. And I was like, I'm st- I still feel food focused. Um, you know, I'm still hungry in between meals and it was just like, I'm always thinking about the next, the next meal and my training really wasn't that productive. It was kind of like, it was very stagnant and just in general, I just just didn't feel that great. I'm like, this makes absolutely zero sense for me, like to hang around 10 pounds over stage weight, even though I am older, it like makes no sense. So I just said, Hey, let me eat more and let me, let me add some weight. And, and literally like two or three more pounds I put on, I it was like, whoa, all of a sudden my training's improving, my recovery feels better, um, you know, I'm not as food focused. It's it's amazing what a little bit more body fat will do. So, you know, for me, like coming with this after this season, I know, okay, reverse dieting is not, you're not going to be the answer. Staying, you know, 10, 15 pounds over stage weight's not going to be the answer. But it's like you said, hey, let me, let me put on, uh, enough weight to where, you know, it's going to be healthy for me and normal, but it's also going to mean I need to stay at this point 
for a given amount of time before I'm like fully recovered. Because still, I would say for me personally, like my sleep is dramatically improved where it was very terrible at the end of prep. Like that's improved. Uh, I'm not as food focused. It's still a little bit, but not as much. And I have plenty of energy. My performance is skyrocketing in the gym, which I'm excited about. And I'm recovering really well. Um, but I can tell like libido is not all the, all the way there. So I know it's like, okay, I still need more time to settle in before I'm like fully recovered from, you know, 14 months of, of dieting. So it's going to like, if you think it takes, okay, 14 months of dieting, getting to extreme levels of the body fat, um, then yeah, it's going to take quite a bit of time afterwards to feel normal. Like we can't just expect like a month later, you're going to feel like, oh yeah, I feel great. I'm normal again. It's going to take some time. So Personally, for me, it's like anywhere between, in the past, it's usually like anywhere between three to six months where I feel kind of where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is more normal again. Yeah, so it's probably going to be like springtime right before you actually start to lay on any new muscle. Um, anything between then, it's really going to be just getting back to normal, regaining some lost size that you, you may have lost towards the tail end of prep or just throughout that 14 months as, as every bodybuilder does. Um, but what's the plan after that then? Are you trying to keep it a little bit tighter? Because 2021, like we're into 2020, like in a week's time. So 2021, you're you're going to be back on stage in like 18 months or something like that. So are you going to keep it tighter? You're, I, I suspect you're not going to do a 14-month prep because that means you've only got like four months left before you start prepping again. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not doing that again. So <clears throat> just so like the listeners of your show, like 14 months, it wasn't like – hardcore dieting for 14 months straight it was uh, it wasn't linear it was you know reef, a lot of refeeds diet breaks that type of thing enjoying holidays that um so i just don't want to give the impression like it was 14 months of hardcore dieting but i definitely don't want to spend that long dieting and, and in particular not spending more time in an extreme state as far as the level of leanness i think both you and i we're on the same trajectory and same path this season where I think we were, we were too lean for too long. And our last shows of the year, we didn't look quite as good as we did at some of the earlier ones. So I know that's something I learned this season going into the next season. Okay. I need to game plan my shows and keep them within, you know, a two or two to three, like no more than three month stretch, like definitely probably within two months of, you know, game planning when my shows are going to be. So this off season, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you won't see me mini cutting, you know, there, even if I feel like I'm getting a little insecure about how I'm looking, I'm not going to mini cut one. Um, I definitely don't want to be in that state. I want to be as productive as possible with my training. So I don't want to take away from the big picture from that. And then two, Again, my family just went through 14 months of prep. They don't need to go through four to eight weeks of mini cutting. So to me, it just makes no sense from that from that sense. So the majority of 2020 will be kind of just, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I, I might gain a couple more pounds and then I will keep it 20 pounds over stage weight and train in that state the entire the entire year. I would say probably somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe September, um, maybe September, October, that I'll go ahead and maybe do, not a mini cut, but like a diet before the diet, like start cleaning things, some, some up, some of my behaviors, okay, okay, Jeff, don't have that chocolate cake at night, let's not do that. So just naturally let some of that weight come off. Um, and then that's what, when I go to start the prep in 2021, I'm kind of thinking it'll be in January. And I'm thinking muscle mayhem in July, like, Things can change, but that's kind of my plan now is like muscle mayhem in, in 2021 and maybe one other show after that. 
And to be honest, I'm not even thinking about Worlds right now as, as a target show just because the experience of this last one, um, it was great that they had 360 athletes. Um, you know, it was awesome. It was probably the, the most competitive world show ever. Um, but man, just like it, as you, as you know, it wasn't, let's say the most enjoyable day or experience as far as like the actual show itself. So, I think, uh, Alberto summed it up pretty well. He was like, this seems like a refugee camp to just load of bodies lying around everywhere in yeah. the back of like a school for hours. Now, <laughs> now the w, WMF BF's, uh, you know, defense, they did say they're going to go to a two day, two day yeah, format. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they'll definitely improve the show, the experience of the show. Um, but for me right now, just like the way my mentality is around competing, I've done, I've done well. Like I've, I've got my pro cards. I've placed top five at worlds before I've won pro shows. So it's more like, like I said earlier, I just want to have fun doing it. And at my age, um, that's what it's more about for me. So it doesn't matter if it's a local show or it's an NPC, you know, not a, not a drug tested show or whatever. Like I just want to enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, share it with my family and friends on show day and whatever stage I'm on, I just going to make the most of it regardless. So that's kind of like my mindset now. Yeah. I think like, like I, I mirror what you said with the with regards to the the length of the season probably just being a little bit too long, but I don't think I would have changed anything because the the mayhem is is where it is in July and the the worlds are in November and there's nothing really you could change about that. And I I try to talk to a few other coaches afterwards, um, not to try and rationalize anything, but just to try and figure out like what do you think actually went on? Like I I don't feel like I maybe looked as good, and I think it's something to do with just you know when your hormones are so so like messed up or, or you know suppressed like insulin sensitive you just don't peak as well i think maybe you both kind of experienced that you're just no matter how much carbs you put in or how little carbs you put in you just you kind of have maybe like a little bit of a flat look and like you you've kind of used the term coin or coined the term uh, a tired physique and it's that's kind of what it is um and like i don't think after after the week after the show after everything's kind of settled down the placing is not really going to make that much difference like if you came second rather than fourth or sixth or or whatever wouldn't really make a huge difference so um like that's kind of a question i could ask myself again in the future is like i would really love to do um i would really love to do the mayhem again in the future in july um because like going out there is great i love california um but also like the world is so far away it's, it's pretty hard to justify doing a season that long again you know and towards the end of it you start to lose mental steam i spoke with uh chris barakat the other day and he kind of said the same like once you kind of get the level of conditioning and you stop kind of seeing new improvements or like significant improvements after a certain point it's hard to keep the intensity of your training it's hard to keep that enjoyment up because you're just you're just holding a condition that you just kind of feel like crap all the time yeah. and to hold that for such a long period of time it's hard to to keep that intensity of your training up and ultimately your physique kind of fades a little bit yeah it's like an analogy would be like you're 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 laying in the sun in extreme hot weather you know and you know to a certain point it's like okay i got my suntan i need to get out of the sun now it's like no you're just you're just basically staying out there and getting cooked and it's not yeah. pleasant anymore. So, yeah, I mean, it's 
the only thing that kind of kept me going uh, is the amount of shows I did. And it's not something I would recommend to other people. And I didn't game plan my season, hey, I'm going to do seven shows. It kind of just fell into my lap as we were going along. Cause the, the only show I was really targeting was Mayhem. I'm like, let me just do that show. And, you know, that would have been the first time being on stage in five years. You know, prior to that, I got injured, so I never made it to the stage. So that was just like, hey, let me see if I can actually do this thing again. And things just started to fall on the lap. I did pretty well at Mayhem. We went to another show, did well there. And then I had uh, one of the promoters uh, in the IMBF contact me and say, hey, can you guest pose at my show? And it was like a week later. So I'm like, okay, let me do that. So basically things were just kind of falling into place. And if I didn't have those shows, I would say that uh, looking in hindsight, the way I was kind of feeling, I wouldn't be surprised if I would have said, you know what, I'm just going to bypass Worlds this year. Because it was, I was getting tapped out. Like you said, from July to November is such a long stretch, and to hold extreme conditioning. Because I was in like my best condition in early September, so September all like two and a half month stretch basically. I had to hold conditioning, and um, I think you know my body just started to get tired, and some you know I got sick a couple times and things like that. We did some traveling, and I think it just took its toll. So by the time I got to Worlds, like I said, yeah, that that coin phrase you know I just had a tired look like I didn't look terrible but I didn't look the same either as I did in, in the beginning of September um, and whether or not hey if I had that same package in September if it would have helped placings or not at Worlds um, you know I really don't know you know I might have ended up being in the same place so and even if I did let's say move up one does it really like really like you said make a big difference as far as how I define that success and I would say probably not so yeah I think it's like like I saw you on the morning of your show and I think yeah you look great and it was really hard for me to say that you you didn't look better because unless you compare yourself like from pictures to previous uh, shows um you still look like it, it might be like a two three four percent difference like you know positive or negative but that can make a difference um you know when you're up on the on the stage against other competitors who who may have peaked for that show uh, per se yeah. so they may have done like a qualifier or they may have done well and i kind of have the same experience with you well, my only goal was to do the mayhem and then i was just gonna like enjoy uh, san francisco after that and it was like june i think when i actually put my uh application in to compete and i think the bob or tina they, they emailed me said hey did you get um you get permission to do the show from the the nbfi which is the irish kind of inbf and i was like oh i didn't know i needed because i never done bodybuilding show before um like i competed but not in bodybuilding so when i emailed them they said oh well, you got to compete in, in september as well so i was like oh well there's that's my season getting extended and then after that show i was like well got my world's invitation from the the mayhem but i said i'm i'm, I'm definitely not going to do worlds in november because i'm starting my masters in september um and you know i just don't want to die for that long and then after i did that show and I, I did well i was like oh i kind of feel a little bit um you know obliged to or not obliged but i felt like you know i'll just give it a shot but between then and november it's just like the enjoyment just kind of went out of it and i, I don't yeah. regret doing it i mean like i I'm, I'm here to tell the tale i still live but i mean i don't think i would have uh I don't know if I'd do the same thing. Like you said, I might skip. I might skip worlds and just hold out for for worlds in a few years' time when it, perhaps it can be maybe more competitive or just peak per se for that show. Yeah, it, it kind of like to the conversation I had with Alberto when he was coaching me in 2014. We did the Pro International and it was in uh, the middle of September, 
And I won that show. That was my first ever pro win. It was a big show. You know, it's one of the, at the time, one of the more prestigious shows. And I was like, okay, now if we do Worlds, it's a two-month stretch. You know, it's like eight or nine weeks more to diet. And I, and I definitely needed to maybe lose a couple more pounds to get that conditioning. And Alberto just said, hey, Jeff, you know what? You you just won one of the, the best natural bodybuilding shows out there. There's nothing for you to prove. You could, you could, let's just shut the season down. Because I think he was being protective of me, knowing that I have a family. And it meant, okay, nine more weeks of, of going through that process. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. It puts a lot of strain, not just on the body, but like we've been talking about, about the everybody around you. And he was just like, hey, there's, you know, you accomplished, you know, a lot. There's nothing else to prove right now. Um, but I decided, hey, let's just go through it. We pushed through it. And, um, you know, we did end up doing it. And it's kind of the same thing this season. Like I said, if I didn't have those shows in between, I probably would have just said I'm done. Because um, they go from the middle of September to, again, to November. Like, that was rough. And to not have, let's say, those little hyper-focused goals along the way, I probably would have tapped out. So I just know for, for future and with a lot of the athletes that I coach that I think, you know, it's, I think my perspective is changing a little bit, you know, when they want to have these long drawn out seasons, it's like, you know, Hey, this is the pros and cons of it. Of course, it's always up to the athlete, their decision as far as what they want to do. And I support it as long as it's, it's healthy. Um, but it's like, okay, now I have a little more perspective I can offer like, okay, here's the pros, here's the cons. So it helps them make, uh, you know, informed decisions. Yeah. So final question, Jeff, um, what advice would you give to somebody? I won't even say yet necessarily a younger person, cause it could be anybody at any age that wants to get into competitive bodybuilding, but also wants to be successful, but have a sustained career. Cause I don't think people, people don't bodybuild just when they, when they initially do it they obviously want to do well but they also want to do it multiple times they don't want to just be like a one and done or at least that's not what they want to do when they're when they're initially going into it that happens often uh, after the first show people are like i'm done that's it because they don't have the best experience but for somebody who wants to be successful like from a competitive point of view which is like yourself you're pro pro natural bodybuilding you've done very very well over the years but also have a sustained career because not many um have been around as long as you and and been successful what would, advice would you give? Yeah, I think, man, that's, that's such a hard question, right, to kind of try to answer in a short period of time. But I would say the main thing is that to have fun. Like, that's the main thing. It's like have fun in what you're doing and understand that you're, you're, you're never going to be perfect. You can strive for perfection, but you're never going to be perfect. And the thing is, is, is it's more about the consistency and, and how do we be, how, like for me personally, it's like, how have I been able to be consistent this whole time? And I think the big takeaway is, yes, like, of course, we all we all want to be optimal. But the reality is, is that it doesn't exist in a sense. It's like, so what I've learned that practicality leads to sustainability. So what you're doing, if it's practical, it works well. Um, you know, in the gym, it works well outside the gym, how, how things impact, like, like what you do outside the gym will Im- impact inside the gym and vice versa. So if you're practical, it's going to lead to sustainability. And if you're, you're sustaining, no doubt you're going to make progress. And, and again, I can look back at 
all of my career, like all of the off seasons that I've had in between shows. And there wasn't one season where I didn't improve. Like, yeah, sure. There's been some, some off seasons that have been a little bit more fruitful than others, but I've improved every single year. And, you know, the reason I can say I've improved is because I've been consistent. So that's, that's what's key is just like, it's so, it's so cliche, right? Just be consistent. Um, but just realize that you're never going to be perfect. And I always say it's probably best to be conservative. So whatever structure you have, start conservative and assess and revise as you go. And don't fear mistakes, learn from them and just keep moving forward and enjoy your process. Awesome. Thank you for that. So where can we find more about you, Jeff? Instagram. So Instagram, 3DMJ Godfather. Um, also, we can get, you guys can go to uh, 3DMuscleJourney.com. Great. So, on the on the future, it's or in the on the cards for the future is bodybuilding show twenty twenty one muscle mayhem. We're gonna see you there. That's the game plan for now. Yeah, I'll definitely be there, and I'll be turning fifty years old when I'm on that stage. So yeah, half a century according to how Eric likes to coin it. Uh-huh. You're not going to be doing any strong man or weightlifting in the off season, like Eric. No, man. I I think if I did that, I might I might snap. So I got to stay healthy, man. But no, my passion is is bodybuilding. It's been bodybuilding, and that's what I basically gravitate towards. Great. Thanks so much, Jeff, for coming on and giving us all your your wisdom and uh, and knowledge from all the years that you've been in this sport and coaching people. More than welcome, Adam. And yeah, let's let's go eat some more candy. So hopefully you found this episode with myself and Jeff pretty useful or at least enjoyable in some form or, or another. I personally learned a lot from Jeff over the last few years, especially how to take things slow or to enjoy the process more so than trying to be perfect in every any given moment because that's the kind of person that I am. I really enjoy the science and, and the, the studies and trying to optimize everything. And while I still do enjoy that stuff, I think I've learned to understand that that is of secondary importance to being consistent and enjoying the process, which is ultimately going to lay the foundations of a long-term future in bodybuilding, whether it's competitive or just recreational. And ultimately, that is what's going to give you the long-term results and get you um, to where you want to go. And I think Jeff is a, a testament to that. When people ask him, you know, what's his secret? His secret is basically 33 years of training. And you don't often see people who've been in the game as long as he has because they either burn out mentally from just trying to go uh, too fast or too hard too fast and go all in or else they burn out because they don't train um, that, uh, train in a way that allows them to have longevity in this sport or pursuit or whatever you want to call it. So if you want to learn more about Jeff, all the links are down in the show notes and if you want to ask me any questions or reach out to me you can get me in the show notes as well but i hope you enjoy listening to this and i will catch you in another episode when we will have on uh, more and great guests as we always do so please do again leave some form of rating review or feedback uh, good or bad hopefully good and um and i would really appreciate that so thanks again guys and i will chat to you in the next show